Just waiting on one more, and there we go. Awesome, very good, very excited. Today's Triumph Tuesday. Gosh, we have so much to talk about, but good morning, everyone. This is Carol, so AKA Nani Boss, live on a beautiful sun morning day, bright sunshine with two sisters. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0, Triumph Tuesday. And as I woke up this morning, you know, sitting at the breakfast bar and, you know, you get those little town papers and I kind of like flipping through them and, you know, see what's happening around town and, you know, all the different um, restaurants in the area, of course, getting ready for the holidays and New Year's. And then you see the ads in the back. And, you know, sometimes when you see the caption of an ad and it's just like, you kind of go, huh? Like, what is that about? Well, the ad was, and these are, this to me was a funny headline, but of course, when you read it, you know, as I'll explain in a moment, you'll understand. <clears throat> but the the caption of it was, National Federation of the Blind Seeking to Buy Used Vehicles. Okay. And I'm like, um, why? Right. Okay, so that was the funny headline, but they they're they're doing it to raise funds. You know, if you read the whole, and it was a short, right. but you know, just think about that for a moment when you're just kind of waking up and you're just flipping through stuff and you're like, what? How's that working out? Yeah, I don't get that. Right, absolutely. And you know, a lot of times with different as advertisement, there are a lot of bloopers. You know, it could be a, a you know. A, you know, highway board sign, it could be an ad that comes through. And you wonder who's proofing this stuff, especially where in this yeah. case you're talking about, you know, raising money for blindness, you know, and then a vehicle involved, you know, which doesn't, you know, when you think about it, it doesn't really make sense until you actually digest the whole thing. Right. And and which just goes to show you that never take something for face value read it first you know i think because we're always and i say as a general society um you know social media different news outlets they're quick to pounce on that headline i mean think about that headline absolutely um read yeah. the whole thing through yeah 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 i've done a lot of times you know we're that society we're impatient you know we you know we're so used to a, a quick blurb and so many times people will either share information that they think it might be about based on the headline alone. And there's that's where there's a lot of, I would say we're in a society of nothing but miscommunication and misinformation and disinformation, all kind of wrapped up in one because people are too much in a rush. They don't take the necessary time to um, review different information to make sure it's correct or accurate or spelling and you know uh we're just we're too rushed and especially during this season for a lot of people it's difficult it's a hurdle to slow down it's a hurdle to be in the moment it's a hurdle to be patient uh, we, we're just too much you know the hustle and the bustle which you know a lot of times we joke about but it's very real for a lot of people that they just don't take that necessary time to just live to breathe to be in the moment uh you know that sense of calm just like be with people talk with like at real conversations 
but you know, you know, it's also a busy travel time. So people are looking at their phones. I, I can't tell you every time I crack up when I go, uh, you know, you know, when we, we're traveling, especially during the holiday times, and you see so many people, even with a physical paper, but a lot of times, obviously, with the devices, and they're they're walking, but they're looking down. And, you know, mishaps, you know, bumping into people, bumping into walls, you know, we, we just, we, we need to pay more attention. Uh, mental clarity is no joke. You need that. You really do. And, you know, think about that act of like, you know, I have my, here, here's my cell phone. I'm sure you have yours. And I keep it right next to me so I can monitor what's going on when we're live on Facebook or whatever may be happening. But if I am looking down at my phone, I am not in the present having this conversation via Zoom going live on Facebook. I am not present in the moment. So when you are not present in the moment and you're chatting with somebody, that communication aspect of engagement, like mm -hmm. I, can, I could hear what you're saying, but if I am not in the moment, listening, there's a difference. There, there's a difference between hearing or listening. And I think, I mean, we all do it. Oh, because sure. our, our brains are constantly moving, constantly kind of, you know, just the alerts or we're thinking five steps ahead of something. So we're in that moment, but we're like, okay, what's the next thing I gotta get to? What's the next project, the next uh, chore? You know, where do my kids gotta be? Do I have any appointments? While you're all still, you know, doing what you're doing and a lot of times that is where the miscommunication or the the you know everyone's always in that you know fear of of not hearing something that fear of missing out well a lot of times we're missing out due to our own accord due to our own impatience of not being in the moment being present in the moment and i think one of the greatest gifts especially around the holiday season and something to triumph over is the present now meaning you know when i talk about the present what is the present? What is the ultimate gift? What is the ultimate thing? Well, the present is the present. So if you look at that word two ways, being in the moment is the gift, is the present. It's not, you know, it's, you know, we're all wrapped. You can say we're all, we're all different presents. We're all wrapped differently. We look differently. We add value in different ways. We add communication in different ways. Uh, we, you know, bring to the table, you know, hopefully mostly people are bringing some, adding value to whatever they're chatting about, but we are the gift. We are the present. We always got to remember that, that, you know, sometimes the greatest gifts of presence is not wrapped. It's not in a box. It's within us. And I think we miss that piece. And especially, uh, I would, I would, I, the, the biggest one is just kind of letting yourself revert to back to being that child, you know, especially if you have the pleasure of being around children during the holidays, they're, you know, the stuff that comes out of their mouths, number one, are funny um, and pretty on point because they, they don't live in the, uh, the walls or the barriers that adults do. So they could just blurt a lot of times, you know, what's really on their heart. And those are the most pre precious moments that you're going to get yeah, oh my God, I remember doing that. Or it's going to bring you to another place in time uh, that really is going to enhance the moment that you're currently in, but also bring the enjoyment of that memory of what, what did happen versus maybe what's going on right now. So there's there's so many things I think that we, uh, you know, that for me, the biggest triumph 
you know, being that it's Triumph Tuesday, you know, with the holidays is really just making sure that I'm present, that I'm in each moment. Now, yesterday, when when I I went on a beach horse ride, which, uh, you know, at at times, I'm not going to lie, was a little nerve wracking because we have got a lot of, uh, from the storms and whatnot, we have a lot of erosion on the beaches. So when the um, beach is in that kind of condition, they don't allow the horses to be on on the beach. So you're on the, you're on the beach, but you're, because there's so many, there's so much erosion, uh, it's almost like quicksand, I guess, for, for the horse. And there's different pockets of where, you know, especially if, it, if there's uh, a, a body of water, you know, I mean, you got the ocean coming in, the waves are coming in, but then there are certain areas where the water's collecting, which, you know, is a, is a key indicator that the soil, the sand is very loose in that area. And, you know, the horse can be injured. So there were times where we were going and, you know, it could be like three, four, three to six feet drop to the edge of the beach. Now you're on sand, but you got to remember you're on a horse. So, you know, we had, there were some areas that we were on a narrow, I'm like, oh my God, get me through this, get me through this. And once I kind of went through the first time, then turning around and coming back, it wasn't as bad, but it, it was a little nerve wracking. So I was like, oh my God, I can do this. I can do this. Well, those are, the, those are the kind of the moments, you know, sometimes during the holiday season, we have those scary moments. Maybe it's, you know, someone's flying for the first time. Maybe they're entertaining for the first time. Maybe it's the first Christmas of, you know, a, a, an engaged couple, married couple, couple with a new baby. <clears throat> There's all these things that are, you know, you want to be, be in that moment and, and have that perfect time, but we're in fear that, you know, is it going to go right? This is going to be the perfect holiday. Well, let me tell you something. There is no perfect holiday out there. There just isn't. You well, can't because you got all these variables, right? Well, that is true. You know, think of uh, um, when you're preparing for the holidays, like, you know, people doing their baking and, oh, I got to do all this baking. I have to do this, this, this. Right. And I was that person. I'm just going to say up front. Of course, I was that person. I did all sorts of chip cookies. Like I had to have, you know, so many cookies. And I, and I think back on, on that. And to me, it was the joy of being in the present baking because I enjoy that. But I think when we put those pressures on, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. And, you know, was I, I'm sure meant most of those moments I was present, but was I really present um, with people around me as I'm going, driving myself nuts baking? you know, making sure I have all the ingredients and all that. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, and so how do we, how do we try and prepare? How do we renegotiate and still have that, what we consider, you know, just a holiday, a Christmas, a Hanukkah, whatever it may be that is filled with that spirit of goodness and hope and, and dreams and stars and sparkles. And I say simplify, you know, you can still, you know, what we've done, you know, when we go out north and we're baking, we've really cut back on the types of cookies um so if you are you know within your neighborhood or your own family do go back to and you know we used to do that years ago that in order to get that variety you know the the family would get together and each would make a couple different dozen of whatever cookies and then you marinate them all together and everyone would come home with a, a nice variety platter and i think we've gotten away from that partly because of you know society the way it's been with you know the different aerosols that are out there with people getting ill. So, you know, we've gotten away from that. So I say simplify. If you don't have the opportunity to, you know, bake with other people, you know, just say, what are my top three cookies or my top three baked goods that I want to make? And focus on that 
to simplify, so you're still getting those tastes because we talked, you know, season's all about taste and texture. Uh, you know, do, you know, simplify it, you know, pull it back a little bit. Because we talk about this as we age, we just don't eat as much. We don't eat as much. And unless you have, you know, a big crowd coming or you plan on making like smaller tins of them and handing them out to your neighbors, friends or family, whatever it may be, uh, that's a lot of work to go through you know, and, and kind of like exhaust yourself because, you know, baking can be exhausting, believe it or not. And then you're like, oh, all that work, was it worth it? So you want to make sure that you are doing things that are meaningful. They're all meaningful, that you, that's going to bring you joy and share that with those that you love to bring that joy together and simplify it. So it's like even the meals today, uh, you know, we can remember growing up and of course, we, you know, when we were first married, we all did the same thing. Like there's a thousand different side dishes. Well, how much can you really eat? Well, that's you know? and, and look at the, the evolution of the dinner plate. Okay. Mm. I remember living in Florida and I had to buy a new set of dishes and I found this set that I loved <laughs> and something told me, well, let me buy, um, let me buy one plate because they had it, you know, like in the four in, in a box, but then they yes. had like the singles. Yeah. Something told me, well, let me buy one plate. And I don't know why I thought this, but I'm like, let me go with it. I can always come back and buy more, of course. Beautiful design. I mean, it, it just, I had pictured in my mind what I had wanted. I was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. So I bring it home and I took out my set of dinner plates put the dinner plate in there and close the door. Couldn't shut it. Couldn't shut it. it. It was open probably about this much. I don't know, about four inches. And I thought, and I looked at that and I'm like, that dinner plate is so big. We grew up in the, uh, you know, clean dinner plate club, right? Right. And I, I remember taking it out, <laughs> excuse me, and looking at the dinner plate thinking, I could fit a lot of food on here. That is insane. Yeah. So yeah. I need to say I did not buy. So think of that. New dinner plates coming out that don't fit in your cabinet. What is that telling you? People are are buying them. And they're filling them. They're filling them. Which is not good for your for your gut health. And you know, I, I like the idea, and, and you've done it, and I've done it a couple of times. Is you know, if I'm at a buffet or whatever at someone's home you know depending on what and if, if i'm like you know if there's foods that you know that i know i'm going to have intolerance to if there's like a lot of dairy whatever it may be i'll just ask them oh do you have by any chance you have a smaller plate like the the lunch size yeah i do that a lot and exactly and that way you know i'm still feeling like i'm getting that meal but because of limitations whether it's something that I know I'm not, it's not going to agree with me. I've got to be very careful with some stuff. And, you know, I, sometimes you don't know the ingredients, but you still want to make sure the hostess knows that you're enjoying the food or whatever. I'll ask for a smaller plate and still make it look, you know, like I'm getting a great meal, which I am. I'm just getting smaller amounts. But we, we talked about that. We talked about that last week, that we are in a society of oversize, king size, oversize, supersize. And the bottom line is, is our guts, don't need that they do need good nourishment we know already especially during the holidays 
for those that have these different sensitivities or allergies or whatever, that we want to be mindful of what we're putting in. We still want to be able to enjoy the flavors of the season and, and all of that. But we, we really have to think about, you know, what, you know, I, I guess I go back to what we, we were brought up on. Like there's starving children in Africa. You know, there's starving children here. Uh, you see, those, see those green things on the tree? You think that's money? You know, money doesn't ground trees. And, and, you know, those things that, you know, our parents kind of instilled in us, you know, now carries over and has carried over. And you realize that, you know what? Haste makes waste. Like we don't need to supersize our lives. We don't need to supersize our food. We don't need to supersize our presence. You know, it's, when we simplify things, we actually find that we actually have more enjoyable time to relax, you know, put, maybe put on that funny movie, play that board game, have that conversation and be in the moment, uh, not worrying about, did I make enough food? Which I, I don't think a woman ever truly can let go because <laughs> we're always nervous that, you know, we don't have enough. But actually, we do. Right. There's always more than enough. And, yeah. you know, the other night, I think it was Friday night, when I just made a very simple dinner. And it reminded me of, and it was Frank and Beans, by the way, because um, I love Bush's Steakhouse baked beans. Mm-hmm. Having them every now and then. That's like a, a winter type of meal for me. You know, you talk about the seasons. Right. So I made that. And as I'm sitting down eating and I thought to myself, it reminded me when we were kids and like Friday, Saturdays, and sometimes Sunday nights, I remember having Frank and beans. And that was like Uh around the time, right around this time. And it was, you know, when the skating season was veering up and, you know, the household was so crazy with Christmas and you know, and I kind of like smile thinking about that. And, and Gary's like, what's wrong? I said, no, I'm just, you know, thinking about a memory, a memory that, you know, and being around the table and, you know, Fran and Victor loosening up the salt shaker. And Yes, our brothers used to love uh, pranking at the dinner table. And you and I were usually the brunt of the prank. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes, I was. Yes, we were. For, yeah, for, I mean, I, you know, I guess we were easy prey. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, when you have a big family, that's, right. that's, what, that's what happens. And, you know, just remembering, too, that, you know, when you, when you have that bigger family, and you got to remember, you know, back in the, the 50s and 60s, you know, you didn't run to the grocery store every other, like a lot of times, you, were, you know, most households had one car, one vehicle. So you weren't running to, oh, I forgot something, run to Walmart, run to Publix, run to, you know, stop and shop, whatever it may be, you know, make those a thousand different trips. Like you did literally your grocery shopping with a list and you kind of lived to the penny of what you were buying. And, um, but when you have a big family and, you know, you're gathered around that table and, you know, we just learned that, you better get it on your plate or it'll be gone. You know, so I, I think back and I crack up to those things. And of course, the pranks, the kicking under the table, the pinching, the salt shakers, um, the stealing of the food. That was another thing. Like, oh, I hated that. Like, oh, my God. And the next day, I know, like, wait a minute, when I'm my piece of chicken, whatever it may have been. They love to do that. So, yeah, our brothers pranked on us a lot. That's OK. And, uh, you know, 
the last time, well, one of the last times I saw Victor, um, and we were talking, you know, all these different kids stories, you know, all the different things that remembered. And of course it came up, you know, that, uh, I never had second dates with boys that came to the house because Fran and Victor would always, they'd scare the living daylights out of, out of my date. And I wouldn't be asked out on a second date. And, and Victor, I remember Conley said something like, well, they just weren't worthy. And I'm, I looked at him and I'm like, and I said, you, you really put thought into that meaning, meaning you were here. I'm thinking that you were just being mean to me. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there was, there so, was a little, there was a little jab in there because they, they, they were notorious for doing that. And well, you know, back then, you know, you had a date that came to the door and it was like a presentation. Like, you know, the parents would be there, our parents would be there, the brothers would be there. And I was, I'd be like, more, I would be mortified. I'm like, oh my God, can we just get out of this house quickly? And um, I remember that one boy that mommy had met at the gas station and, oh, I've got a daughter for you. And oh, she, yeah. she set up the state. And even though mommy set it up, of course they were at the door, but then Fran and Victor come down and I remember Fran in the background and he had his uh, toy uh, rifle or whatever. And I remember thinking, oh Lord. Yeah, the, uh, and, the, and the funny thing about it is a lot of, for, for me, because you know, Nick was a, only a couple of years ahead of me, you know, I would be dating boys in his grade or people he knew, so that made it even worse. Mm. It just made it worse. So, you know, once he graduated, I was like, oh, free at last, I'm free at last, because he couldn't really supervise at that point. But, you know, there's something to say that, you know, the way we were brought up, you know, we looked out for each other and, you know, you know, thinking back on it now, they were, they had some, some fun joshing us, but at the same time, they were doing it because, you know, they were being protective of their younger sister. So it, it is yeah. kind of cute. It is it kind is of cute, cute when you think about it. And but, you know. And the final funny thing about that is I remember when I became a freshman and of course, you know, you're, you're in school the first day of uh, high school and you go to your different classes and every teacher, we had to like introduce ourselves. What is your name? Janice Casella. Oh God. Casella. Do you have a brother, Victor and a sister, Carol Sue and a brother, Fran? And I'm like, yeah. oh God, I thought I got rid of the Casellas. Well, you know, we, uh, we had our share of uh, laughter in school and pranking in school, you know, pranks back then, they were the good old fashioned kind of pranks, not what's going on in today's society, but uh, just good old fashioned kooky, kooky stuff. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, I had a few, few really good teachers uh, that I were, you know, was, was truly blessed that, you know, influenced my life and really really enjoyed seeing our family because back then you had bigger families too and seeing you know the different the different generations of one family coming through the school system and I always wondered you know as 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 life went on you know their their thought process I wish you know some of those teachers would have journaled that piece of being a teacher seeing multiple uh, generations of one family come through their classroom you know, and 
their stories have got to be amazing, you know, because we're talking about what well, life is one big story and one big journey, of, you know, and broken up into several different things. And you often wonder what went through their mind when they're like, oh my God, there's one more coming through. And really understanding that, you know, we were, you know, we were, they, and then realizing that we we're all, everyone's always unique and different and no two are the same. Uh, but yes, when you have a reputation that, you know, that pre, uh, pre, 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 yeah, that's the word I'm thinking of, but I can't say it, but whatever it is, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, you know, you wonder where the thought process is, like, oh, is this one going to be the good one, or the one that's going to challenge me, um, so yeah, there was a few of us that challenged teachers, no doubt, um, and you know what I say to, to you know, I would be one of them, uh, you know, I look at that uh, in, in a different, unique way, not because I was one being you know, challenging that person, but, you know, I would hope that, you know, teachers that do have that student that challenges them, you know, really embraces that because maybe they have to learn differently. Maybe they're more inquisitive. Maybe they're really trying to understand whatever subject matter, you know, that you're teaching about. And I go back to uh, the first challenge I gave to a teacher that I personally can remember. And I was in, actually in second grade at Sacred Joe, St. Uh, Joe's in Hartford. And I remember uh, it was Sister Alexis. And I remember, you know, back then, you know, you stayed in one classroom, but even at a young age, maybe another teacher would come in or whatever. And we were, it was science. Now, so if you're at a parochial school, you've got, you know, that religion class, and then you have the science class. And I remember now back then, which now you can, they certainly don't do anymore, is, you know, especially the nuns, they had, they had those rulers out. If you were misbehaving, that, that ruler was in hand. And I remember raising my hand and asking the question. We were actually talking about evolution. And, you know, I kept saying, well, you know, we, we, I'm thinking to myself, we just left religion to learn about, and it was at the, probably this time of year, we were talking about the birth of Jesus. And then we also talked about Adam and Eve being the first man and woman on the planet. And now you go to, a, you know, have, have another subject matter of, of science, and we're talking about the apes. And I'm like, well, was Adam and Eve an ape? And the non just like, you know, it was like blasphemy for her. And I says, well, you know, trying to, and I was young. And I, I, I still remember that. Like, I couldn't grasp, like, we're talking about the ape man being first on the planet in one moment. And, you know, right after we just talked about Adam and Eve, not making any sense to me. I was uh, escorted to the principal's office, you know, because I challenged. I, I didn't understand it. And, you know, back then, think about that not i mean they're, they're they're teachers but they're also a reflection of the religion that they're in, in uh, you know group that they're with the nuns and now you've got a child probably asking a question that you know maybe she couldn't quite answer or you know thought it was sinful that i did even ask the question but i remember um being going down to the um principal's office and I remember that was such a scary thing. We always said there was a spanking machine in there. And it was just, you know, it was just. And so, of course, they had to call mommy. And oh, boy. That went over like H-E-double-L-L-L. And she said, what is wrong with my daughter asking that question? 
And she was right. What was wrong with it? There was nothing wrong with it. But it was just one of those things where you caught the teacher off guard or whatever. So when you have those challenging students, you know, you wonder after, especially when you get, you know, a family coming through, you know, the thought process of that nun or that teacher, whoever it may be, uh, to see the different personalities and, you know, ones that may challenge you a little bit more intellectually or asking you those questions that you, you're not prepared for. That probably happens more often than not. Exactly. And that made me think of good old Mrs. Lee, the English teacher at Cromwell oh. High School. Yeah. And if you asked a question like, can I do this or can I do that? Her response was, I don't know. Can you? Because she yeah. would say the proper way to ask is, may I? Yes. Whatever the question is. So she happened to one day um, say, um, can I just have a moment? And of course, me be me just being me blurted out and this is so unlike me and that's why everybody was cracking up and why i got a detention and i said <laughs> very seriously i don't know can you and mrs lee janice casella oh you go to, she wrote out the detention go yeah. Oh, yeah. And she didn't. She uh, was a very a woman of very few words, but very uh, on point, very postured. Uh, I, I thought when I'm, when I think back to her, she's a very tall woman and, yes. uh, you know, always dressed to, you know, just perfectly dressed, very professional, short haircut. Uh, and she just always was like precision in motion. She just professional to the max, but always very stunning, like stylish. And but she, uh, she was a stern, stern teacher, uh, and I, I learned a lot from her. The yeah. other teacher I really, uh, the other teacher I really liked was Mrs. McCarthy. I don't know if you had her. She taught the typing. Remember where you get to learn how to type? Um, she, Victor drove her nuts. I, re I remember her that she goes that that your brother. He just drives me crazy. Um, and I don't know, you know, he was, you know, probably acting like a goofball but she would always say that and i absolutely adored her and then there's just a, it's so funny when you start to look back um and you start talking about especially during the holiday season where you're gathering with your siblings and you talk about the different teachers you had or whatnot the stories that you know it incites it's it's so funny and i often wonder you know what it's like on the flip side for that teacher talking about different families that have gone through their classroom it's kind of kind of neat yeah, it was. And, and I remember when she, you know, called me up, you know, to get the detention. And of course, everyone's like, yeah, you know, and I'm hitting you with the high fives. And she said, you're not just getting one. Here's one for tomorrow. So I actually. Yeah, I mean, they didn't, she didn't, she didn't mince words like, and there was no discussion, just, you know, some, some teachers you could kind of negotiate. You, there was no negotiating with her. She did bam, bam. I see it. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out like that. She was just that. Blunt. Yes, she was. That that. But she, she there was a, a very sweet side to her. You didn't often see it, but she was so stern. But you know, she's just one of those teachers you'll always remember. And I think that's pretty cool. So you know, we would ask our viewers like, think of those things. You know, think about your passion, people that influenced your life or that was part of your life. And when you are sitting around the holiday table this season, start talking about that fun stuff. You know, bring back those memories because those memories, believe it or not, will really spark the next generation to ask questions to you about when you were in school or, 
you know, were you a troublemaker? Did you get detentions? What, what subject matter were you strong in? And it really sparks that conversation twofold because it gives you the opportunity well, to ask them, like, what, what is your strong subject matter? Like, do you have a favorite teacher? And it really just, there's, you know, so many ways that we can impact our conversation and, you know, triumph over the hustle and the bustle uh, of the holiday and just be in the moment, be present in the moment and just enjoy each other. Absolutely. And on that note, like Carol said, say, go to our website, leave us a voice message, you know, let us know about your special memories, or you can also send us in, of course, a contact form, and we will definitely respond to you. And this is Tuesday, December 13th. And mm -hmm. as we triumph over those different little things in our life, take time to be in the present. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0, and I'm with two sisters, and this is Carol Sue, aka Nani Boss, about to get some pickleball on, get some movement on. Remember, uh, always think about your health and wellness as part of who you are, and you know, get that movement in. Don't let the hustle and the bustle of the holiday uh, have you fall behind. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Um, but you know what? The more movement, the better you're going to feel. So I'm going to get my movement going on, and we hope you have a great Great day. We will see you tomorrow for Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Uh, we don't know because that's one of those days where sometimes we don't know what time we're going on. So we're going to work that out a little bit later and let you know. But you guys have a great Tuesday and think of those things. You know, what have you already triumphed over during this holiday season? I bet you triumphed over a lot more than you think about. So let's get that going and we will see you tomorrow. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. Bye, everyone.